Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Down to Biscay. Yay. Uh, five on the floor. Ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing. You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor plan. Got an all band. Y'all seen the block. Stop with one hand. Impact with trust. It's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We're also on Dash Radio every single weeknight on their Nothing But Net channel. That's at 7 p.m. Also, check out the Five Reasons YouTube channel for all of our latest heat dolphins, hurricanes, MLS, all kinds of different programming. Of course, that is free as is five reasons, The latest articles from Marco Romo, Brady Hawk, Mateo Mayorga, and more. You can find them there on five reasons, without a paywall. Also check out the great sponsors of the five reasons sports network. We keep telling you, to go to this place for your CBD. It's Therapist Preferred. That's right, therapistpreferred.com. This is a CBD company founded in 2019 by a physical therapist to maximize performance or recovery for active people. 100% THC-free and third-party lab verified. So you don't have to worry about where it comes from or if you're going to fail a drug test. None of that. All the products made in the U.S. with cutting-edge technology from organically grown hemp, the most popular products, the green apple gummies, the strawberry lemonade gummies, my favorite, the CBD sports cream. Again, you can use this for recovery. You can use it for sleep. It's good for a lot of different things. But here's what you definitely need to use, the promo code 5RSN. That's the number 5 RSN, you get 25% off your order plus free shipping on all orders. That's 5RSN for 25% off. The website is therapistpreferred.com. And now, today's episode. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on five on the floor. Here's today's floor plan. I can be followed at Ethan J. Skolnick and at Five Reasons Sports. You can follow my co-host, Greg Sylvander, at Greg Sylvander on Twitter. I just came back. Uh, about two hours ago, and you always got to deal with that traffic coming back from Miami uh, from the Pat Riley press conference, which was kind of sprung on us last night. Didn't know for sure that this was going to happen. He typically does do a preseason presser of some kind. The last time we spoke to him was kind of after the season uh, and then at, briefly after free agency. So it doesn't happen all that often, but Pat is in his element on these press in these press conferences. He seems to enjoy them more than he used to when he was dealing with us on a daily basis. He actually says hello and acknowledges us all by name and says it's good to see us, which is not, not something that I typically encountered for several years. Um, but he was in good spirits today, um, a little all over the place with some things. Some of that was directed by some of the questions. I, Dave Hyde uh, took him down uh, sort of memory lane, asking him about his first ever uh, NBA training camp. And, of course, this is now, I think, 54 for Pat Riley, 54 seasons 
in the NBA, which is fairly incredible. And, and all of a sudden, Pat started talking about Corvettes and A-Track tapes. Uh, I enjoyed it, but he may have lost the average Heat listener since most of our listeners are roughly a third the age of how long Pat Riley has actually been in the NBA. But Greg, we're going to go through five things here today that we picked up on. Um, and, and it's, and you know, there's more. Okay. But these were the five things that kind of jumped out to me and I ran them by you uh, after I, uh, you know, after I came back. And the first one was this Pat Riley was in good spirits today. And I think there are a lot of reasons for that. He's doing what he loves. Uh, he's excited. Every new, every new season is fresh. It has possibilities, but I think it's really for two reasons. One, I think he thinks he has a chance with this group, maybe not to win a championship, but to certainly be in the mix, which is what they always say they want to be. But second, he's going to be in the mix with the team. He likes like with personnel. He likes with an attitude. He likes, um, he gushed today about PJ Tucker for longer than he gushed about anybody else. Yeah. He, yeah. Positive on Tyler, positive on bam. We'll get into all of this positive on Kyle Lowry. But P.J. Tucker, met three times as good as I thought he was. And then he went through, it sounded like Coach Pat, a clinic, okay? Like, he went through this laundry list of things that P.J. Tucker does correctly defensively. And then, like a, a treatise, a, like a thesis paper about P.J. Tucker's screen setting on offense. And, and then the other thing that came out on this, and I'm going to let you tie these things together, you talked a lot, and I want to give you credit for this, that you thought that the reload or rebuild or whatever this is, okay, the Dolphins, I mean, the Dolphins rebuild, the, the heat reload, um, was going to be based in some ways on what happened after the 2005 season, 2004, 2005. No, you know, that team got to the Eastern Conference Finals. Of course, we know Dwayne doesn't get hurt. Maybe they reach the finals. Maybe they win a championship. This team went to the finals two years earlier, so there are some differences. But your thing was, and we talked about this, reshaping around the two best players around the team. And he spoke to that about how it's, it reminded him, he brought this up without prompting. Okay. It reminded him of the 2005 off season was around Shaq and Dwayne, but when they needed to get some more, what do you use? Medieval types. Like yeah. Me axes. Medieval type mentalities. Right. Uh, like we're in Pulp Fiction, right? Like for that, that whole, that whole line. I loved it. I loved right? it. But that it's his kind of team. Like I, I, I feel like, and we'll get into the spulsher elements of this too, because he has to sign off on this stuff, obviously. And so he did, but like the types that they've added, like this is in some ways, and we've talked about the late nineties in this context. And I asked him to compare Tim and Kyle and, and Tim Hardaway and Kyle Lowry and his eyes kind of lit up because it did bring back some memories for him. But also that 2005 off season, you remember they brought in some guys with attitude on Antoine Walker, uh, Jason Williams, Gary Payton. Okay. James uh, Posey, James Posey. And that's kind of what they did. And so it does seem like above everything else, talent, fit, this was about attitude. And Riley, I think, has a team that is in his image more than the team for the past couple of years. Yeah, that was so evident. And it's fun to see him uh, try to correlate previous builds the same way we did throughout the offseason as you're thinking back, because the circumstances are different. But you're right, like they shaped the roster around Shaq and Dwayne, and this was around Jimmy and Bam. And I liked that they recognized that Jimmy was this particular personality and they have put guys, and this is a Pat Riley quote, who have shields and swords and axes and stuff around Jimmy Butler because that's the type of dude Jimmy Butler is. And so I just thought that, that it was absolutely, when I saw the quotes from you and, and just everything that he pointed to was that 
This is a, it's a Pat Riley team. And I think that in this particular Eastern conference, there's room for kind of the bully team that, that kind of drags the game into the mud, but also has some high skill. So I, I think that like, there's a lane for them to be in, in the Eastern conference and, and Pat Riley loves to be in this lane. So it's teed up perfectly. And you can see he leaned into that with his comments today. Yeah, no doubt about it. And again, you can go back to the Knicks teams that he coached or, or anything else along those lines, but th this is, it's, it's a team in his image. And we always talk, he's more, and Levitard's always said this, he's more Schenectady Pat than he is Showtime Pat. And, and I feel like, uh, you know, a lot of today, uh, he wanted to get some things out. Okay. Now th he started off with, <laughs> I have something I could comment on, but I won't, uh, which of course we know is about the investigation into what's going on here, you know, with Kyle Lowry and Lonzo Ball with Chicago. And this has been taking forever. And Pat, we were instructed before the press conference, you can ask about anything. Do not ask about that. Pat's not going to talk about it. The very first thing he does is kind of subtly <laughs> allude to it, which is a, a very Riley-like thing. He, he yes. can't really help himself, but he didn't get himself in trouble with it. But he also kind of wanted to give voice to, I think, his frustration with the way the game has changed. And I know that will panic some Heat fans because that's when we start to get, well, the game has passed Pat by type stuff. But Pat was kind of... He doesn't seem so thrilled with a 35 foot threes or with teams not playing big. Um, you know, he kind of threw out there that you can play bigger. Okay. And I'm, I'm sure it's funny. I was driving into the arena today and there were only like five of us in, in the actual press room, but then others came in on zoom once they sort of fixed the problem. When I was driving by, who do I see in the back running by the Bay, you know, with his headphones on his Spolstra. And I was just, it was 15 minutes before the Riley presser. And I'm thinking he's not even going to watch this thing, is he? But I'm sure, I'm sure it'll get back to him. And there, there were, there were some subtle messages, uh, you know, in there about playing bigs together and all that. Like Pat yearns for an older day, but at the same time, I, I do think he's done enough with this roster to make it, you know, a Spolstra roster in the sense of they're going to, they have some flexibility. Uh, it's the best they, blend of the two. Can we agree right. on that? I think so. I think so. I think it actually goes a little bit more towards the, 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 the Riley way than the Spo way. But I think that Spo is the guy who's going to be pushing the buttons on a nightly basis. So he'll That's have true. more control about tilting it maybe a little bit more his direction. But anyway, I, I thought that was the big thing I got. I've covered a lot of these over the years. Uh, Pat did seem very upbeat today. Uh, he doesn't seem like he's going anywhere anytime soon, which is another thing to take out of. I always ask him that question and I decided not to today because uh, I think he's used to me asking that question. It's like I'm trying to kick him out the door. But, you know, you kind of want him to sort of repeat what his intentions are. Uh, nobody really put him on. He's the never going to give it away. He's never going to give it away. All right. Number two here. Um, actually, we were going to do something else for number two, but I want to pivot to this, which was going to be our number three, because I think it plays into the whole Spolster Riley thing, which is Duncan Robinson. I, I, I asked uh, Duncan Robinson is the most Spolster player on the roster. Do we agree on that? Maybe yeah. not from a personality standpoint. Oh, no, but from a style of play perspective and what they're doing in today's modern NBA, absolutely. Right. Can you okay. imagine Pat Riley paying $90 million for a Duncan Robinson in 96, 97? You know, but no Sean Leonard made like 1.4. <laughs> right. He was just find a shooter. Just yeah. He even said that. He said, if I could just get, I would go get a big every year and then just find some shooters to put around him. Like that, this is inverted to the way that, that Riley would typically do it. Okay. We know that Duncan is a Spolstra favorite. We talked about that before free agency that Eric wanted him back. Uh, I did know that there was some reluctance, reluctance, you know, during parts of the process from Riley on this. Uh, and that came across in his answer to me, which 
was was odd because I I simply asked him. I said, you know, now you rewarded him with a big contract. Where are you expecting his game to go? And the and I but I also added because and I'm I didn't wasn't trying to embarrass Duncan, but I asked Duncan at media day. I said, do you want to close this year? He says, of course I want to close. I mean, he wasn't demanding it, but he wants to close. We all know that the closing decision, especially with the love for PJ Tucker here, the closing decision, at least until Oladipo is back, is going to come down to Hero versus Robinson, right? And, and Pat's first answer was, I said, well, if he wants to close and he says, well, he could do it on a bad team, which was just, and then he says, I say that in jest, but you know, with every, you know, with every, you know, oh, yeah. joke, there's that's a little how bit we're of truth. Absorb that, Pat. Right. So <laughs> it, it doesn't seem like he's sold on Duncan Robinson closing. And he also talked about, then he sort of pivoted to, well, you need guys who have no conscience and they can shoot from that far. Again, he's doing this all like between gritted teeth, I think, because it's not the style of play. This idea of, you know, Dame Lillard pulling up from 35 feet, Steph Curry from 40 is not, is not a pat thing. Um, and, and, and so what I take out of it is this, and I don't want to read too much into it, but he gushed about Max Strews, okay? he kind of gushed about Tyler in a way that was very different from the postseason presser where I felt like he was trying to pump his value today. It seemed like more real. I mean, and he actually spoke directly to Tyler about the IG stuff and about, you know, he's like, if I could give advice to young players, don't put yourself out there necessarily, you know, and we know that Tyler made a fairly innocuous comment to our friend, Jeremy Taché, and that got aggregated in a way that was pretty horrible. It wasn't Jeremy's fault. Jeremy feels badly about it. Where Tyler basically said he wanted to be in this considered in the same class as guys like Luca, etc. And Pat was kind of pumping the brakes on that. But otherwise, Pat was very, very positive about Tyler in a way I didn't feel about Duncan. And it just makes me wonder. And it's the first thing you texted me. Like we've always said, like if they're gonna go get another piece. Tyler is is the core guy they would move, but Duncan has the bigger contract, which makes Duncan easier to move in a deal like that. And it red flagged for both of us, right? Like maybe yeah, Duncan no. is the core piece that's traded for the next guy if they make that kind of move. Yeah, I mean, you're right in that you prefaced all this by saying, like, let's not read too much into it, because truthfully, the way that this roster is built, Duncan Robinson's skill set is it's it's mandatory. So like they can't um, if there's anywhere that they can't afford to short themselves, it's shooting. And so let's just see that play out. But to that point where his contract is from a dollars uh, per year perspective He's like the piece that can go if you need to go get another 20, 25 million dollar piece to, to really inject this team. Like, let's say something uh, you get off to a bad start and you struggle. It's going to be him and, and other players around him that make up a package. So you're right. Like the more that he pumped up Tyler and it seemed like he did it in a way where he had vested interest in in what Tyler's been doing. It was really, I thought, transparent in what he said about Tyler. But but ultimately they look like it would be Duncan if they had to go one way or the other. But again, like, I don't know that we should look too much into it. Well, and the closing situation too, where I mean, that was pretty huge. Much he gave PJ Tucker a closing spot. I felt like like that, that came out of it. And yeah, that must it was be Tyler worse. or Duncan. It's Tyler or Duncan. Right. And he even said it, he, he framed it the same way we've kind of framed it that ultimately until Oladipo comes back, it's Tyler or Duncan, you know, and that, that, and so, but he also said Tyler is a multifaceted, offensive player. We talked about that three level score.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Which leads you to believe it's going to... I mean, he, he made it sound like Tyler is going to close. Like, And, and I, I think we've kind of assumed that. Um, but, you know, that that's kind of the situation. So, you know, it, it, I, I was I was a little bit surprised he was that direct about it. Agreed. Um, yeah. But like spoke with finality almost. Right. Ex- exactly. Exactly. All right. When we come back, we're going to get to three more here on the podcast here on five on the floor. But we want to tell you about another great sponsor of the five reasons sports network is your company going back to trade shows do you want to tell the boss about a great place to do this to get your booth built and you can get it rendered for free if you mention five reasons it's everything trade shows.com 954-791-8882 954-791-8882 everything trade shows.com it's a one-stop shop they do the logistics the booth the graphics the furniture the flooring even some tips to get you noticed they'll teach you the difference between renting and buying they're based right here off of las olas in Fort Lauderdale, but they can service all 50 states. So schedule a free consultation. They do a beautiful job. We're going to start posting up uh, some of the stuff on uh, on Before Floor, Floor is Yours, some of the shows that we do on the Five Reasons YouTube channel. It's everythingtradeshows.com. Again, the phone number. Reach out to Chris and everybody else over there, 954-791-8882. All right, let's get to number three here. Um, and, and there wasn't as much talk about him today as maybe I expected, although there was almost no talk about Oladipo. None of us asked the question, which looking back at it, I think was a misfire uh, on the part of us in the room. But Bam was asked about. I think Anthony Chang started the conversation there uh, from the Herald. And and Pat was very matter of fact about this stuff. He said, you're going to see a scorer this year. I mean, essentially, if you just break it all down. And, and he said something which was a follow on the, the, the presser at the end of the season that we talked about where – he kind of gave it a little bit to Spo in terms of the way that Bam was used. And he kind of made it sound with his comments today like that has been resolved to his satisfaction because he said Bam was free to be a scorer now. So whether that's the addition of Kyle Lowry, which came after that press conference, or whether it's the tweaking of the offense, that Bam is not going to be expected to do some of the things he did as much. He'll do still do some of it, but as much. The dribble handoff stuff, the initiating, and all of that sort of stuff, that he's going to be freed. But Pat's throwing him on him, okay? Like, like with Jimmy, he talked about – we're not going to talk about Jimmy here a lot because I think we've taken Jimmy for granted some in, the prese- in these preseason uh, pods that we've done. But Pat basically said Jimmy was embarrassed by what happened last year. And I, I feel there's, there's a feeling Jimmy's going to come back fine, okay? But with Bam, they clearly want a mindset change. But – he wanted, I think, Spolstra and the personnel to help make it easier for Bam to make that change. And it sounds like that that's what he feels is happening. Yeah, no, you summed it up perfectly. Like that's the personnel change to maximize a guy that they see that they, he has to be the best player. Like there's no doubt about that, that that that's the guy who has to take this team. And uh, if they're really going to ascend, it's going to be because Bam Adebayo reaches the next level. And for Pat Riley to come out and say, on the eve of the season, essentially, 
you might see a flat out score, like a flat out score to me is um, like, he's essentially saying like, this is going to be a go-to guy for us offensively. And I like that. I like that there's an expectation of that because it reinforces what we've all wanted to see Bam do. And when you hear Riley say, shout it from the rooftops, it's just that much better in terms of reinforcing it. But he, when he said like he's gotten extraordinarily better than last year, not just a little bit, like that kind of stuff, fans are gonna, going to internalize that and they're going to pump up Bam. And I, I just like the fact that they're not shying away from how great he can be. We've talked about them um, in the way that they marketed him, maybe for defensive player of the year or for all-star. Well, there's no doubt about it that I think that the guy that will be marketed most this season is Bam Adebayo on the team. And like, you know, they're, they're doing that from the jump. Well, and like we said, we've had a complaint about kind of the way they've marketed him, um, you know, and, and I think it led to him kind of being outside of the defensive player of the year conversation until it was too late last year. But really, we, we've we've addressed a lot of this in, in the idea that, you know, this team, ha you know, we talk about the heat, you know, Bam having no ceiling. The closer Bam gets to the sky at this point, that raises the heat ceiling in a way that really nobody else can. And, and, and look, Pat talked about Bam and Hero as being the two guys with upside. Again, none of this is inconsistent with what we've discussed, but to hear Pat say it, again, gives you an idea of kind of what their expectations are internally and the fact that they're going to hold Bam accountable to it this year. And, and, you know, the contract holds him accountable to a certain degree. He's finally a, officially a max player, but also I think his teammates are going to hold him accountable. The coaches are going to hold him accountable. They're not going to put up with what we saw in that last game against Boston very often, like I, that last preseason game. Like he has to be more assertive consistently because they, they're, I think what they've done with both Bam and Hero is they've removed the excuses. Okay. Yeah. With Hero, and Duncan too, no like he has to, he's accountable now too, to your point. Exactly. Like with Hero, like nobody in front of, of, of him, like a Kendrick Nunn that he's got to deal with or Dragic or whatever, like the bench is his. Okay. There's no, there's no, they're not putting too much on his plate. He can do it, but he's still going to close games. Okay. He knows what his role is. In Bam's case, you know, they're removing the restrictions. Well, not so much restrictions, but the feeling that he has to do so many other things. So they're trying to make things easier on him. Uh, and, and I think, you know, this is where we're going to see this elevation from Bam uh, this season, or at least they hope that they do. All right, number four uh, is kind of interesting because I, I was not anticipating him bringing this up so much because this was very unriley. Like, we did a podcast on it, but he had even more specifics than we did. He hates their schedule, okay? He just hates it. It's obvious. I mean, he's going through I – mean, he had it chronicled in his head how many road games they have at the start of the season. Uh, also, you know, I, we talked more about the types of teams they play, the playoff teams, but he was getting into uh, it just being very unfavorable early. And, and he kind of said, I hope we can get to this. I hope – and he talked about, you know, having to be in the right condition – having to have the efficiency, they are concerned about the start. I, I, I've gotten that sense from talking to people inside. Like they don't want the, they feel like they're going to be there at the end, but not if it unravels early. And, and so we've kind of calibrated the expectations like, okay, can you get out of the first 10 at five and five, six and four? I feel like they have an understanding. And he talked about, we started seven and 14 last year. Okay. The big three teams started nine and eight. Uh, the 2005-2006 team that, you know, Stan ended up walking away from, whatever you want to call that, that team started, they were 20 and 19, I think, when, or something yeah. along those lines. Uh, when, so I, I think he, I think he has legitimate concerns about the start of the season, right? That felt like that yeah. to me. Yeah. And also like Riley has always been about, and the Heat's philosophy um, 
has been about 20 games into the season or so we're going to start evaluating things. Right. Mm-hmm. But 13 of the first 20, as he referenced in the press conference, like you're, you're right. Like he, he's honed in on the, on what's going on with the schedule, 13 of the first 20 are on the road. That is, that's tough. You, you get seven games at home to start and you got a brand new team. So like there are elements against them early. And I think it's just, this is going to be one of the moments throughout the year. We talk about them having everybody healthy to end the season and how important that is. And it absolutely will be. It's important for everyone to stay healthy, to start the season as they get through this first 20 games. Cause the only way that I see them really getting through that successfully to the point where they don't start to tread water is if you have a full complement of guys for the most part, especially the big three, like uh, that, the, you know, you, to get through that 13 on the road, I don't know. I can't remember the last time they played that many on the road to start a season. Yeah, no, it's a lot. I mean, typically that road stretch uh, comes around circus time. Like it's usually yep. January where they go on that long run, but this time, but again, it's not, he didn't mention the opponents because I don't think he wants to, to acknowledge that necessarily publicly. To me, it's more about the opponents than the home road split. I, they, they, they don't have a lot of soft games in those first 10 to 12. They just don't. And, you know, people forget too, that, you know, everybody attributes like the big three, like turning things around in 2010, uh, you know, after that meeting and, and bump gate and, and all of that stuff, um, you know, th- that happened in Dallas and the meeting and all the rest of it. Uh, but it really was this, their schedule softened. Okay. They, they, they won 21 out of 22. And I think they only faced like six playoff teams during that entire run. Okay. They, they beat up a bunch of garbage until they, and they got their feet set essentially during that period of time something similar could happen this year. I could see a nine and eight start. I could see some questions about fit. uh, And then I could see them kind of rolling after that. But I just thought that was an interesting uh, comment from Riley because it's not, he doesn't tend to focus on the negative as much uh, as he did there or, or kind of not that he was giving them a built-in excuse, but to a certain degree, he was kind of giving them a little bit of a built-in excuse. uh, And he was saying they were going to have to be in the right condition for it. All right. We're going to get to number five here, uh, which raised some eyebrows on Twitter before we do want to tell you about another great sponsor of the five reasons sports network. And that's our friend, Mark Brown. You got to go to markbrownpa.com, M-A-R-C brownpa.com. The phone number is 954-566- Five, six, seven, eight, really easy to remember nine, five, four, five, six, six, five, six, seven, eight. Mark, like so many of our sponsors, big Miami sports fan. More importantly though, he's got a great title company right there in house. I've used them twice already and they've done a great job. Trust me. The other, the deal that, that I just had to get done. The other side was a complete, can I say this, but a complete disaster. Okay. But Mark's team took care of everything for me and I got it done the way I needed it to get done. So reach out to markbrownpa.com If you're dealing with titles in real estate or or and closings and all the rest of it or if you need to get your estate planning done and that's important for everybody even if you're young and single you want to make sure you know who's making decisions for you if you're incapacitated this kind of stuff happens life happens fast if you're young with a family you need to meet with them so you can set up your plans for your kids if anything unfortunate happens and if you're older and you don't have family you still should have a stay in where you say in where your estate goes so reach out to mark brown that's markbrownpa.com 954 954- Five six six five six seven eight markbrownpa.com nine five four five six six five six seven eight. All right, number five. I mean, this was kind of asked off the jump by Ira. I know this question has been on Heat fans' minds, which is the whole idea of the tax. And and this this came up because you know the Heat are deciding to play you know one man short essentially beyond the roster spots that they're not really going to be using. Most likely Haslam, Oladipo for a while, Akpala. 
Uh, they're going to have to give maybe some run to the two ways just to sort of get through things because they're a man down. Um, and, 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 and we've seen the Lakers seem to be signing someone different pretty much every day. I mean, Avery Bradley just signed there. I mean, how many roster spots do they have? And so Heat fans kind of get this attitude. Well, the Lakers are spending to win a championship. Why aren't the Heat? Now, Riley has always kind of danced around this topic because he doesn't want to upset ownership. It's come up at times over the years. He kind of said today something similar to what he has said before, which is that if there's a reason, if we can contend, if there's a reason to spend, Mickey will spend, okay? I know they want to stay out of the repeater tax, and that's understandable, but he made it pretty clear. If something is available that's attractive and they feel they can contend, they'll make a move. I, were you satisfied with the answer? As I feel like some Heat fans are not, I mean, they want to, are we contending or aren't we contending? And, and again, I, 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 can you just explain what sort of the ramifications of them going into the tax now, which I know that Andy maybe can work some magic and work them out of because it doesn't apply until the end of the season. But what, what is your view on it? Yeah, it's interesting that he, um, that he, he took the question head on and kind of talked about that they're always looking at it because uh the last time that they paid the luxury tax was in 2020 when they did the sign and trade for Jimmy Butler and they were hard capped. They went into the tax to get him. Um, if you pay the tax, I think it's three out of four seasons. Um, and that can be within any four with any, any, any within any four seasons. If you pay at three out of four, uh, you then get repeater tax, which the, the penalties become much harsher. Uh, dollar for dollar over the luxury tax. Well, if they don't pay the tax this year, they'll be able to push out the even the chance that they would pay repeater tax all the way to 2025, essentially. So what that's going to do is as Jimmy, Kyle and Bam's contracts uh, continue to go up and you have to re-up, like, let's say Tyler Hero, or you have to make another move, or you want to spend your mid-level exception, you're going to have to go into the tax. So I think he kind of alluded to the fact that that's inevitable as we go forward. And as long as they're a contender, they're going to be looking to build around that. But to me, like this season, unless they were like a, a clear one seed, or let's say a two seed that's right behind the one seed, and they look that good throughout the entire regular season, 60 wins, something like that. I don't see them going into the tax uh, and they would just, you know, kind of push it out for next year. All right. So, I mean, I, I understand that. I think most heat fans kind of grasp it. I, I think this only becomes an issue if the bench looks really thin at the beginning of the season. I, I think the Caleb Martin acquisition has lessened the noise on this because they got a player, um, you know, who you wouldn't necessarily get for a two way. And as long as they can manage his time, he can probably be effective enough for them that they don't necessarily have to go out and get somebody else, you know? So I, I, but look, Pat understands it's on people's minds because if, if you know, you're in or you're out, he's, he said that he used those words, you're in or you're out. He says that yeah. all the time. And, and I think at a certain point that case may be made to, to upper management. Okay. Are we in or are we out? Right. <laughs> then they got to go in. And nah, you gotta I'm on go record in. as I, saying I, that. I, I think that I think that's the case this time. If you're as excited about this team as you are, I understand waiting. I get waiting. But if the right opportunity comes comes out there, they have to make the move. All right. So those are our quick takes from the Pat Riley presser. I also uh, check out our podcast with Nikias Duncan. We're going to be posting a podcast with Nate Duncan unrelated uh, here over the next 24 hours as well. Check out our sponsors. Of course, everything trade shows, therapist preferred and Mark Brown. Have a good night. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile 
and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.